Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Witches Anonymous with Ilaria Baldwin and Michelle Campbell-Mason, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey, witches. Welcome back. I'm Ilaria. And I'm Michelle. Today we have a guest that we are beyond thrilled to be welcoming. She's the reason we met each other. She's the reason we started this show. She is a doctor, a sociologist. She has 20 books that she has written. Let's get started with none other than Dr. Phyllis Chesler. Hi, my name is Dr. Phyllis Chesler. I'm an author of 20 books, a second wave feminist, a troublemaker, an activist, and I am so pleased to be here with you. Can I tell you, you are the reason we are doing this and you are the reason that we have, you know, that we became friends, that Michelle and I became friends. It's because of you. And so we're just like, the, we, this, the, to have you here in this space is just like very making me, give me butterflies. In and my I belly. think it's rare that people tell you like how you change their lives because we never know how our life can be changed by someone else's happenstance. But just thank you for that. <laughs> it is my privilege. It's my pleasure. And because of you, Sister Witches, because of you, I started re- reading Women's Inhumanity to Woman, which I've never read. And <laughs> I'm blown away. <laughs> it is good, as you've said. So we're, we're so pleased to have you on. Talk to us about what is Women's Inhumanity to Women? Well, like men, women are human beings, and therefore we're as close to the apes as to the angels. We are not perfect. We have been maligned which is then a problem when we start telling the truth about how women compete with each other, not with men, but with each other, and how they slander and shun and ostracize a woman who is, quote, different or who is prettier or who has more money or who's going out with uh, the best guy in high school. So... um It's the internalization of sexism, not just by men, but by women, too. Women uphold the same standards which 
persecute and discriminate against other women. And that's global. I mean, when I was doing interviews, when this book first came out, reporters would say to me, how did you know about mothers and daughters in Nepal or in Brazil? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, because we're, it's human nature and it's uh, global, it's everywhere. So in the beginning, when I first understood I had to write this book, it was a friend and an ally who totally did something so terrible to me that I I hit the floor. I didn't expect this to ever happen. And then I realized I can't personalize it and I have to use it. I have to be productive with this new information. And it took me 20 years on and off researching it and doing many, many interviews. And in the beginning, the feminist, not everyone, but feminist leaders of my generation, the second wave said, don't do that book. Mm-hmm. And what their concern was is that since women have been seen as bitches and lunatics and witches and untrustworthy and no respect coming our way, why should we then add to that? We should instead say that we're compassionate and altruistic and maternal, but that's not true. Some of us are to our own children, but we are not necessarily the same way towards other adult women. And um, many examples exist. So initially, the feminist support that I yearned for, I didn't really get. They were afraid that Men would use it against us, and they'd say, we always knew that. You know, that's not new. Everyone knows that women are terrible. So I waited, and I read, and I thought, and I interviewed. And the interviews were amazing because women were dying to talk to me about how another woman did her down, did her in, stole her boyfriend, stole her husband, stole her children, stole her job, wrecked her reputation. Very happy to talk about it. And at the end, I would say, by the way, were you ever part of a group that um, shunned another woman or slandered her or betrayed her? Total amnesia. No. No memory. Why? Because women are not supposed to be aggressive If we are, it's not as important as male aggression because that's so much bigger and so much more violent physically. So what we do psychologically and socially is seen as not that not that bad. And um, we don't really want to talk about it because it's not nice. And, you know, right, that girls are trained to try to appear nice. And that niceness covers up. a feud, a grudge, rage, and a desire to kill socially Mm. another woman. So now you tell me why you have turned to this subject. What's happened to you? Well, I I came to it when I realized that a a large group of of women, not as large as you think, were um, bullying me online. And when I found out that it was other women, I, it, it was like somebody punched me in the stomach. 
And I thought, oh my goodness. I was kind of soul searching and sort of figuring out what is this that makes us so competitive? Now, I'm going to take another step and I'm going to say, I have been the mean girl. We all have been. And reading the first chapter of your book, the introduction in the first chapter, where you talk about how people told you not, like you said, people told you not to write the book. Don't tell them that we can be mean. Don't do it. We're not supposed to say that. But I think if we don't address this, we are never going to move the dial at all towards equality. A hundred percent. It's like talking about racism. We wouldn't say um, you have to work on resisting your internalized racism, sexism, what have you, every day in small ways and large ways. If you don't acknowledge it, if you really don't want to do something about it, nothing will ever change. And you'll have mothers bringing little girls to have female genital mutilation. You'll have women supporting the unkilling of their daughters, right? And of other young women. And you'll have what you described. You'll have out of envy and despair because women feel that they're ugly and that they're not chosen by the prince and that their lives are hell, even if it's not realistic. It's what they feel so that the cheerleader has no friends. The movie star has male friends because other women are jealous because they feel if she succeeded, I'm bound to fail. It's it's as if women haven't been team players from childhood on. They don't understand that if one woman makes the basket, that everybody wins. We have not had that experience. We only know that only one woman can be Miss America. Only one woman can be the queen. Only one woman can win the part. And so that's, and then look at the internet, as you just said, has opened up a world of pain so that teenage girls are, uh, advised to commit suicide, you know, that they're so hated, kill yourself. And some have, and it's other girls and the mothers of other girls. So there's a meanness and the the mean girl syndrome, which when Women's Inhumanity came out, a few books came out at the same time, but only about teenage girls. And I was thinking, I have just one chapter on that because these girls grow up and become adult women and don't get better and Mm -hmm. don't change. So you're right if we don't admit it and come to grips with it, nothing will ever change. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. There's this great quote um, I pulled from the book. Women express disapproval by disconnecting both verbally and energetically. And I thought that was so profound because it's so true. It, it just, you know, kind of exacerbates the isolation that you feel when you are the one on the receiving end of this behavior. And it's so interesting because now we have social media to take into account with this. And this is obviously something that we combat on this show and Hilaria combats and we're all experiencing so much with online trolling. But it's almost like that turned on its head because of the cloak of anonymity online. So it's I think that's a really interesting. Cowards who don't give their names feel unleashed and empowered to do these things. They're bullies and cowards. And it's it's a real problem because it takes a toll. But, you know, women don't want to be abandoned and they want to be part of a group or a clique. So if you have a difference with another woman, you want to smooth it over and pretend it doesn't ha- doesn't exist. Now, how can we become independent thinkers and heroes and warriors if we're afraid to tell the next woman in our group what we really think and we disagree with her. So women don't know. In fact, in my first book, so long ago, Women in Madness, I wrote about the importance of women learning to not just tolerate differences, but to celebrate them. And 50 years later or more, that hasn't exactly happened. Uh, I mean, think of mothers and daughters If a daughter is really different from her mother, if she's not, and her mother is traditional, for example, she's, they're going to, the mother will feel abandoned. The daughter will feel abandoned by the mother because they're very different. And they're afraid if these differences persist or grow, it will mean detachment. Just as you said, they will disconnect. That's so interesting. 
That's that's so interesting. I feel, you know, you something you said before and and this as well, that there's something about um, holding each other to a code of conduct. Oh, yeah. So in, in so many ways, as you said, we're not taught to be team players where I mean, I have three plus my my stepdaughter, four girls, and I have four boys. And even seeing the activities as little children that they are encouraged to do, my boys are encouraged to do team yeah. sports. And my girls are encouraged to do individual activities in gymnastics. Well, you have to be the one, the one there, yeah. whereas, you know, the boys are going and playing basketball, which you have to you, The whole team needs to win. And so we're even we're teaching this to our kids as they're as they're very young. And we're telling the, the girls very confusing. You have to be the best at this. But if you're the best, then you're breaking away from the group. And you're a target, so you're going to be shot down. 100%. And it's a very difficult dance to do. And so talk to us a little bit about holding each other to the code of, you know, what you were saying with mothers and daughters. If I break away, then I don't have that connection. Well, w- women are held to a much higher standard than men are. And men are forgiven when they make mistakes. If another woman makes a mistake, a small one, a big one, we have a grudge against her. It festers forever and we get her or we disconnect from her. So we mm-hmm. don't know how to express our anger or our disappointment directly and then let it go. Let it go. But I want to go back to how you began. Um, I have a son. I don't have daughters. And he was maybe about eight years old. And he would come home after school with other little boys and they'd go in the backyard and they would fight. They'd run around and they'd hit each other. They'd fall. I figured they'll never be back. Oh, they were back the next day. Now, the little girls from his classes who lived on the block or nearby, they had one best friend. They didn't talk to anyone else. It was a privileged dyadic relationship, like a mother-daughter relationship. And then one day, they never spoke again. And they had new best friends. If at all, they spoke against each other. And I'm looking at this and thinking, is this hardwired? Is it possible? And is civilization capable of going against it if to the extent to which it's hardwired? I mean, the boys were just physical. They were aggressive. They were physical, but they were bonded. And this is what they liked to do. And the girls needed in-depth intimacy with one best friend. And I think we all do, and it might be part of our undoing, because if you manage, and it's not easy, to have a friendship with the way men do, nothing's personal. Um, It's a kind of a mid-distance friendship. It doesn't have deep depth intimacy, but it's stable. Women, we want deep, deep. And we can't give it up. We really want to confess everything and express everything and listen to everything. And then if one of us turns against the other, she has all the information, doesn't she? She knows where all the bodies are buried. So the price that we pay for this intimacy that we crave is betrayal. And we don't know how to... Me too, I'm just as guilty as the next woman. I would prefer a deep friendship. I now see that it's safer and more stable and wiser to have a middle ground friendship. You know? And even the way I say it, it's like a disappointment, right? Well, it's interesting. I mean, if you think about that, it's just like you're throwing yourself on the fire 
to have that intimate connection in essence, because ultimately they can use that against you. Um, I, I did per you discussing how little girls can have these dyadic friendships that are so, so cohesive and contained, and then they're gone. Um, and I think we've all experienced that and how devastating it can be. But in that lens, can you explain to us the difference between direct aggression and indirect ag- aggression with women? So indirect aggression, which began to be studied seriously by the end of the 1980s, means the slandering, the shunning, the, the grudge holding. There are amazing studies, and I'm so glad that I waited for them to appear. And I write about them in Women's and Humanity to Woman. And it, so this is where our power is. Gossip. Oh, gossip. When we gossip, we don't necessarily do it because we love the woman we're talking about and want to in every way protect and honor her. No. We gossip to say, hey, hey, you know what I got on her? Listen to this. Guess who I saw her with and where I saw her? And that gossip in certain cultures leads to the death of that woman or that girl in an honor killing or to her being divorced, which can be also equivalent to death of some kind. Um, Because this is a phenomenon that's very global. It's not just specific to America. In the feminist movement, we wanted so much to be sisters because we'd never had that. Uh, all of our intellectual mentors and the books we were assigned to read were written by men. And so to think that women had ideas that were so worthy, that were riveting, that were even better than everything else, it was so sweet. And I write about this in a book called A Politically Incorrect Feminist. That That's me. And um, it was so sweet that as we began bad-mouthing each other or trashing each other, uh, ideologically, personally, for whatever set of reasons. We had no name for it. We didn't know. We denied it. That's how we handled it. It's not really happening. She deserved it. It didn't happen to me and so on. So indirect aggression is the name for it. And just because it's indirect and not homicidal, doesn't mean it's not as deep or as consequential as male aggression. How much of this do you think is nurture versus nature? It's really hard to say. I mean, scientifically, there's definitely, I give some examples in chapter two uh, of Women's Inhumanity to Woman, of apes, primates behaving in ways that that are very familiar to us as human beings. It's embarrassing like a a primate who kills the baby of another woman primate so that she can have her as the nanny. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, what? You know, I mean, class warfare for survival, for survival. And then there's examples of the bonobos, you know, who do all kinds of woman-to-woman friendly stuff. But, you know, as you were speaking, Ilaria, women are not just passionate and 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 wanting intimate connectivity we're also very sensitive and we want to be liked and we don't want to displease anyone 
We're, we're pleases, not superficially. We really want to please and sometimes appease danger, appease violence. So when we begin to get, I mean, I'm, I was not going to laugh, but <laughs> try writing a book. You write a book and then it gets reviewed and you read that you should never read the reviews, of course, but everybody does. You read reviews. This is a crazy book. This is a poorly written book. This is a man-hating book. This is a shrill book. Those were the words that all the early feminist great works, you know, received. So, but it's it's not just women. It's writers, including women writers. You know, just she can't write. You know, she's stupid. She should not, the publisher should leave her alone and not publish her ever again, I mean, which often happens. So there's this internet troll disaster, and then there's very real life economic consequences. Not that I'm minimizing the mental health consequences, I'm not, but then you lose your job and you can't feed your kids and you go down. So this is a power that girls and women have. In fact, I reanalyzed Carol Gilligan's research. And what was interesting, important, is that why did little girls suddenly become silent and go with the flow and go with the crowd, the herd mentality? It's because, not because men or boys were threatening them. It's because they didn't want to be targeted by the other little girls. So they tried to figure out what's the right thing to say. And once you start doing that and get used to doing it, boy, you never have an independent thought in your life. And if you do, you hide it. So I would say, I would say this. So what is to be done? What can we do? Well, the first thing is to accept very humbly that change is a process that this can't be changed quickly that consciousness alone aha may not be enough but the second thing is what you've been doing to acknowledge not deny not cover up not be afraid of the truth i mean the truth is that thing that's supposed to set us free right but then as women we have to become strong really strong strong egos strong selves strong enough to be able to take being criticized and to deal with it and not to personalize it we personalize a woman disagrees with us tells us off with dead on the floor a man says oh screw you ha, that's what you think i'll get you but we're very sensitive, right? So even if it's in the war of ideas, we want to all get along and you know be harmonious. And yeah, then we need to do something else. It's hard. We need to learn how to express anger directly and at the moment. At the moment, not go home and think about it and plan and plot and start gossiping about it, but we need rules of engagement. The way sports has rules of engagement and war too, for that matter. And by the way, and those rules are 
completely violated in our world today. We also need to do something else. We need to ask the next woman or a woman who matters to us directly what we want. She's not going to be a mind reader. She may not know at that moment what we really need or want at that moment. Then there's the next thing, which is impossible almost, but I have to say it. And also, once you've learned to ask for what you want, and if you can't get it, if this is a toxic friendship, so to speak, if this is someone who is beyond uh, change, we have to walk away. We have to give it up. We have to have the courage to disconnect. We, the great connectors. We have to be vigilant about not gossiping. We have to try very hard not to gossip. Now, this is almost impossible, but it's very essential. It's at least, it's a goal that we can strive for. And we need to learn to praise the next woman. I mean, just think, we've had mothers. They cook often every night or three times a day. Do we go home and say, Mom, you did it again. This is fabulous. Thank you. This is terrific. I can't believe this. We don't. We just take it for granted. And I think it's important to praise and support the next woman and to tell her. At the same time, if we have made mistakes, like big mistakes, who doesn't make big mistakes? We need to apologize. We need to say, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry I hurt you. Even if I thought I was right, and I did, I did it the wrong way, and my intention was not to hurt you. That's hard to do. We need to do that. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight. 
like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. So going back to what Phyllis, you always you say about gossip, how it functions as maintaining morals um, and groups like group solidarity and really just perpetuating like the patriarchal norms through shaming one another. Um, how do you how do you feel about, you know, the silos, I'd say, on social media where people have very extreme views? yet they find community within their little buckets of hatred or misogyny or racism or what, or what have you. They find camaraderie in these groups. And then that almost gives them a sense of, of, you know, of belonging within this hate group, which would have never existed before. It's like this, this entirely new undercurrent of perpetuating hate that just doesn't seem easily eradicated. It's very tribal. And people are very, I mean, forget about especially post-pandemic, which still continues. Uh, people are isolated and they're alienated. And you're right. They think when they find a group with whom they agree on whatever conspiracy they hold in common, that now they've got a tribe. But this is this is true of politics. It's true of governmental leaders. It's true even of great thinkers, this tribalism, uh, as opposed to the ability to be an individual first. So, yes, I've been purged from certain listserv groups because my ideas were seen as wrong. And it was painful. And I wrote about it in a book that's out of print called The Death of Feminism. And it was around the very thing that you're now both talking about. So, uh, I mean, there is the great books by women who are feminists have been disappeared generation after generation, century after century. And Dale Spender, an Australian scholar, wrote a wonderful book called Women of Ideas and What Men Have Done to Them. But now, as we see, Women of ideas have been cannibalized, your good phrase, and disappeared by other women who want to reinvent the wheel, who want to take the credit for ideas that they did not originate, destroy the shoulders on which they should be standing, which I'm calling matricidal, in order to become the first and the only and the greatest. So there's a lot of hubris and a lot of foolishness and a lot of leftover mother-daughter adolescent conflict. I'm not sure how to get rid of any of that. Do you have any ideas? We're trying. <laughs> it has to start with the conversation, which is what we're doing here. I have since reading this book and becoming aware of it. So it's one thing to say, okay, I'm experiencing this. Now I want to make sense of it, especially when I see that other people experience it as well. And then what can I, I can't change other people, but I can change myself. 
So when I'm in situations, if I notice that I'm gossiping, I call myself out. And it might, I might continue to be like, this is what I'm doing right now. I am going to give this a name. I am gossiping right now, just so no. If there is a woman that comes into, I mean, women, we size each other up. Men talk about sizing each other up. Oh, they don't hold the candle to us. <laughs> right. We size people up. I mean, we all know we've all been there. When I am around a woman who I am feeling that kind of like, there's like this like little fire of competition. I'm starting to turn that into admiration. And in my head, if not, I have, if I don't have the opportunity to speak to the person in my head, I'll start complimenting the person. That's wonderful. And I'll turn that and saying, oh, wow, she's so beautiful. I love her outfit. I love this. I love the way that she's walking. I mean, obviously from the outside, it's all superficial, you know, even though people might have a glow to them. And the same thing about, you know, women who I get to, I get to know their work and their, you know, uh, all the, all their life and their families and all the different ins and outs of them, of their, of their being. I start to try to turn my negativity into a positivity, but I have to start inside. Well, I think, and that takes us to like this first step, which we're experimenting on ourselves with this show and this, this concept, not like it's pioneering by any means, but it's really just to put into practice something that can change these patterns. And I know we both speak about it with each other all the time. You catch yourself gossiping and you, 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 it becomes a trigger and you, and you stop doing it. You see another woman, you have that visceral reaction to maybe the competition. And then I've started taking it a step further and going out of my way to engage and compliment someone in a situation where it could have been very uncomfortable. And I've been finding like, you know, you get the light that you give out and it's just I, the magnetism and the warmth that comes from just taking that chance, and like making those steps. Obviously, it's small and it's baby steps, but it does feel like a good way to integrate some sort of change slowly but surely. Not small, because imagine if every woman on planet Earth did it, that ripple would become a huge wave. So I just, because you've just inspired me and pleased me beyond belief, um, maybe we should gather to do a teaching on the subject. I mean, I have not asked you like personal questions or tell me all the bad things that have happened the kind of things you may not want to say online, you know, uh, or you may. And if women could join us and share their stories, as long as it was structured and safe, that might be a good next step for you to undertake. And I would be happy to help in any way, really. Thank you, Phyllis. That would be amazing. I mean, yeah. So what is your best piece of advice for women? Treat women respectfully. Don't expect, don't think because a woman is not perfect that she's the evil stepmother. Just treat her with respect. We don't have to love each other, even though we want to and want to receive it. We don't have to love each other. We don't even have to like each other. We just have to behave respectfully, have boundaries, respect the boundaries, be kind. I would give that advice at this moment. It's interesting because we'll say, okay, well, we're not burning and hanging and you know throwing stones, although these things do happen in other places in the world. But, you know, we really haven't 
moved that far forward. We're repeating the same feelings over and over again of competition, of not having enough. If somebody seems to have more, then they must have done something nefarious in order to get there. Um, You know, punching up, punching down, punching left, right. It's all punching. Road rage. And (laughs) yeah, road rage. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I mean, I think, I think until we start addressing what we have inside of us, that's the only thing that we can change. We can have these conversations. We can, you know, share our ideas because this is the thing that people whisper about. When I've, you know, since becoming such a fan of your work, and I obviously share that with my platform and people that I, that I meet, you know, I mean, the, the mom world, the mom world is so competitive. And the mom world, especially in the past decade, has turned into quite a business. So you have capitalism on top of it. You know, and I've had my part of that being mom influencers. That's called a hate, hate that term. But, you know, I mean, it has just generated this thing where what happens when the mean girls grew yeah. up and started having kids and started having a business? We're really just the same. I'm seeing for my my oldest daughter, who's nine, that she is very much experiencing the mean girl mm-hmm. dynamic, especially that dynamic of three. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it's always the three kids. I think I've talked about this on a previous um, episode with us. But what what is it that these girls are doing this at such a young age? Could be hardwired. I mean, we don't know. And we're here. Civilization to help us resist the more barbaric items of our hardwiring. So I think three is an unstable, let's think of it as a three-legged stool. Women are most comfortable one-on-one in a dyad, which recapitulates the mother-daughter relationship, especially if it failed and you want to perfect it. Um, and you, you, you improve on it with your best friend. And then you get to the end of what you can do and you move on to another best friend. So we are most comfortable in a dyad. Could be with a man, but definitely with another woman. A third member, that's competition. That's instability. Who is is the third member going to choose? Who's the closest to who? We're going to try one thing. I don't know if if you're, you're into it, but we do something called what are we coveting in the coven? which is something where you should share something that you're really into. Oh, no, no, I've got something. In 2021, until this day, I was privileged to co-lead a team of grassroots women who rescued 400 women from Afghanistan. And one I've chosen as my Afghan granddaughter, and she's here in America at a graduate school on a scholarship, and I'm gathering the team to meet her later in December in my home and bringing her here, including the woman who got her on the plane. So I think it'll be a very moving and exciting and a high point for everyone involved. Fantastic. That's really good. I'm advice. into that. That now. is so wonderful. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear all about it. Dr. Chesler, thank you so much for being with us today. My privilege, my pleasure. I'm good. Thank you. All right, ladies, that's it for today. 
We're uh, so pleased to have Phyllis. This was a dream come true on so many different levels. So please go get her book. It is mind-blowing. And, you know, she's saying all of the things that you're going to just be nodding and saying, yes, 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 I totally get this. And it all makes sense. And we all know we've all been in that place. You know, the word of the year is gaslit. We've all been in the place where we think, oh, gosh, why is this happening? And, you know, just to see it on written in such a scientific way, it really will hopefully arm you with knowledge that will give you ability to forgive stuff that you've done and ability to forgive things that other people have done and get to a place where we can collaborate. Um, So don't forget to share it with your friends, rate, review, subscribe, um, find us on IG, and we can't wait to see you guys next week. Thank you, witches. Follow us at Witches and On Pod on Instagram and wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there, way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals, and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu.